0: Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Stir The Pot, a podcast all about food and the people that love it. Now this week is a little different. It is Mother's Day on Sunday so this is the Mother's Day episode and if you have been listening carefully to this podcast and to others that I have been on recently, I have mentioned that I have an episode with my mum recorded and this is that episode. It's a little different from usual Um, Obviously, it's very, very personal, um, but I love this episode, and I hope you will indulge me for one episode and give this a listen. I think it's really sweet, it's very personal, um, there was tears at one point, um, but yeah, it is very, very personal to me, and I love my mum daily, she's a wonderful woman, she's part of the reason that I cook for a living, and this is a little peek into that, I guess. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Also, just to mention uh, briefly, in the background of this episode, every now and again, you can hear two voices that sound a little bit like me. And they happen to be my dad and my twin brother, who were sat around the table for the recording of this episode. In other news, um, I am also on the Olive magazine podcast this week. Their new issue for uh, April came out today. And I am in that issue. I have done a big 11-page feature on chocolate recipes and Trust me when I say this, they are some of my best recipes in a while. I Love the recipes that are in there. There are things like pistachio babka buns. There's a tahini and chocolate cake which is just fabulous and there are some rye and chocolate cookies that are inspired by Tartine bakery in San Francisco. It's just it's delicious And I'm so so happy with it so that was out today Um, so give that a look and the podcast I believe is also out at some point today as well that's probably all I have to say right now so um yeah I hope this is enjoyable for you but um please give a listen and let me know as always you can drop me an email at stepuppodcast at gmail.com with any questions any suggestions of upcoming guests anything of the like um and yeah Let's get on with this episode. Um, so, this does feel slightly strange <laughs> in that it's not a food person, it's not someone who works in food, or has done though, you have worked in food, um, obviously you know I am joined by my, I was going to say mother, but I don't ever call you mother, <laughs> I'm not one of those weird people that refers to my mum as, dear mother, um, but I am joined by my mum, and also with us, who, but not on microphone, but you might hear them whittering in the background, possibly chiming in with things that me and Mum may have got wrong is my twin brother Simon and my dad. Um, but we're not gonna do the the same question as normal because um whilst obviously you are a lover of food and you know food is a big part of your life, it's not necessarily a job and you've never well you have worked for food, that's not true, a long time ago. But um it didn't seem right to use the same question. So what I wanted to do is um There's a story that I love, and it's my most favorite story about our family and food, and I think it gives a really good indication of the importance of food in our family, and the way you grew up, but also the way um, we grew up, and the way um, Nicola and Neil, my other brother and sister, how they grew up. So basically, I wanted to talk about the importance of parking (laughs) in our family. So um, just to give a quick background before I let you tell the story, Our Nana, your mum, had this recipe for Parkin'. Now, later in the story, I'm gonna say that actually, she never called it Parkin', apparently. The recipe that we use, that she is, her handwriting is called sticky gingerbread. But we still, as a family, refer to it as Parkin'. But the only reason I don't refer to it as Parkin' in in public is because I get told off. (laughs) Because it's not Parkin', because it doesn't have oats, treacle, all those things in. But anyway, um, Nana had this recipe um, that was made regularly. Which you can go into. Um, and years ago, I, I remember very distinctly, Nicola and Neil were around the dinner table. I think it was around Christmas. So it was around that time. That's what in my memory, anyway. And they were having a discussion about what makes a good Nana. And the one thing they decided was that you had to have a tin of parking in the house at all times, because that's what Nana did. And the thing that to me is wonderful is that, um, well, twofold, really. One is that um, when Nicola, your daughter, my sister, um, was pregnant for the first time with your first grandchild, she didn't tell you she was pregnant. She came to the house for dinner and she brought you a tin of parking and just said, you'll be needing this soon. And to my recollection, it took about five minutes before you kind of twigged yeah. <laughs> in your head what it was. Um, it took me 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um. And it, it, to me, it was, it was an amazing moment, but also very indicative, because it was... Obviously, Nana passed away when we were three, so we don't really... Me and Simon don't really remember her that well. But it... To when I was two, sorry. But um, it did feel like a kind of passing on of, you know, a legacy, almost. Um, and the thing that also is really special to me is that when me and Simon were growing up, um, you didn't make it at all, really. Um, I don't remember parking as a kid. And I remember you used to say to me um, when we'd talk about it that it was too difficult and the recipe never worked for you, which we realised was a different recipe. <laughs> um, but after Nicola became pregnant, after I put the recipe in the first book, it has now become a regular in the house. You know, I, we mean, we will often come home and there will be a tin of parking there. And so to me, it's kind of like a very full circle moment where Jennifer, my niece, your granddaughter, and then Joshua and Tobias. Did I say nephew? I hope I didn't say nephew, because Jennifer's definitely not been... Good. Um, And then Joshua and Tobias, are nephews, your grandsons, you know, are now growing up in a household where parking is there all the time. So that, to me, is very nice anyway. But, um, yeah, tell us what the story was about that when you were a kid, how you remember it. (laughs) Or tell us about Nana and how she cooked, because... You know, I've heard so many stories about Nana that, um, you know, I think they're really impressive.
1: I think, for for me, uh, the memories were in later times. When I was a teenager, we moved, and my mum had become um, a single parent. And then, eventually, her sister came to live. And I guess they had more time. Mm. And baking was a weekly event. Yeah. And... uh, and this is where Neil and Nicola figured because they were babysat a lot. Yeah. And so, yes, she always had parking. Yeah. And any other relatives in the area that they were invited up and <laughs> neighbors. So yeah.
0: I think the story you told us when we were younger is that um, she would like make it on a Sunday, and then you know, parking's one of those recipes that gets better over time. So over the week, that cake would get eaten, and then on Sunday, she'd make another one.
1: That's right. Parking is best at least two days after it's baked. Yeah, definitely. It It gets sticky. become more sticky, yeah. Definitely.
0: There's something about the recipe that I love because we still have Nana's handwritten recipe, um, which I've tried to steal on many occasions to keep in my house, but (laughs) it's not quite happened. Um, But I, I find the recipe, it has personality in it. It's not just a basic recipe. Even though it's very little things, I find there's, you know... Um, there's mentions of um, you know adding a bit more if you've got it. Uh, there's, there's a um, spice in the recipe, and uh, you know more if you can take it or something. And it's just even though it's tiny little things,
1: gills of milk.
0: Gills of milk. Yeah. yeah. The recipe's so old that it doesn't use current measurements. Yeah. I remember the first time we found or we started looking at the recipe, we had to Google what gills were because <laughs> obviously they're not the things on fish. Um, but it's an old bar measurement, I think um jills yeah um <laughs> i find it quite funny that um my, uh, mommy's trying to correct me <laughs> but she's she, she's doing it either very quietly which is coming on the podcast or she keeps giving me hand signals <laughs> it's fine mum. you can be motherly it's fine <laughs> um so what was when you were a kid so you grew up in uh, you were born in bake up in lancashire yes or as we may argue about later uh, possibly in Yorkshire because it has changed <laughs> over the years between whether it's Yorkshire or Lancashire. No,
1: Up never. I thought it did. No.
0: Oh, okay. No, I always it's thought it was always one of the been ones. Lancashire. Okay. okay, so you're but, definitely Lancashire, but we are
1: quite near the border, as you say. Mm-hmm. But, um...
0: Near the good place of Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you grew up in Bakewell, and then what age did you move to St Anne's? Uh
1: When I was nine.
0: When you were nine. Yeah. And what what was food when you were younger? Because um, Granddad, your dad worked in food or, you know, he had a, he kind of had a, was it a greengrocer's or a uh, kind of general store in Baker?
1: Yes, it, it was the days of um, just after the war and um, we were still weighing out the sugar when you came in. We were yeah. still weighing out the butter. So all those sort of basic ingredients mm. were being sold. And then m- my dad uh, came up with this idea of, um <laughs> roasting ham and so he started selling it in, in the town yeah and it was a success and that led to him uh, going into a, pretty much nearly every market in Yorkshire yeah over the Friday and the Saturdays some made me on the Wednesday so it became quite a big operation mm.
0: tell us the story of um what granddad did uh, during rationing with the biscuits because I love that well, Tells you a lot about granddad. but I also tell you a It's a little bit
1: naughty, really. But, <laughs> you know, it was uh, the rationing, and uh, he obtained the ingredients. <laughs> I like
0: that word, obtain.
1: Obtain on the black Purposely market. dubious. <laughs> uh, and so, you, know, you could only have a plain biscuit, hmm. so he could fill the biscuits, so like you'd have a custard cream.
0: I love the fact that he was uh, on the black market making custard creams. (laughs) Nothing dodgy, just just good old custard cream.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, that was another thing he did.
0: So how young were you when he got you into the business? Because I remember stories of you carrying sacks of potatoes from your house, or I think it was from your house, to businesses. And you were working from quite a young age in his business, weren't you?
1: Not sacks of potatoes. but (laughs) Just
0: in my head it's potatoes for some reason. I was
1: taking... um, (laughs) to the markets and um, I think probably when I was about, maybe 12, is when I started working. Uh, I wasn't always too pleased because I was very keen (laughs) on hockey. Because you were 12? I was keen on hockey and I was in in the hockey team and I couldn't always play because working was on a Saturday. Mm. But it was expected.
0: So I mean, I always get the impression that your kind of family life at that kind of age was incredibly busy. That's always the feeling of the house. Is that it's almost chaotic. You know, you had uh, your twin brothers, you know, our uncles, um, your mum, your dad, and then you had um, a, a housekeeper at some point. Well, housekeeper, yeah. is that the right?
1: We've had term? all sorts. Yeah, housekeepers. Yeah, yeah so my, this was when my mum had, um, so, uh, my, you know, my, my twin brothers.
0: So did you know, by the way, so one of the things we had when we were growing up is that you would always get my name wrong. <laughs> and, you know, you'd go through all the, the male names in the family. Apparently, so there's, there's someone did research into that recently, and apparently it's a sign of affection. So you're off the hook there. <laughs> because apparently if you confuse... It only works with, like, a social group. So it's within either a friend group or a family group or that kind of thing. If you are using other people's name in that group, it just means you have a very strong affection for those people. So... Even though, as a kid, I felt like just oh, didn't know my name, <laughs> you know, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, apparently that is just a sign of great affection, not memory loss, mom.
1: <laughs> so yeah, this is probably one of my earliest memories. So my my dad thought that it would be good to get some help mm. for my for my mom because she was also in the business. Mm. So a German lady, and she was supposedly in charge of me. Mm. And uh, we also had another couple of ladies. So Greta decided for my birthday, I think I was probably three, she would make me a blancmange (laughs) and a jelly. No, it was probably a jelly, actually. And it was shaped, this is not going to reflect well on me, it was shaped probably as a rabbit or something. I was scared stiff of this (laughs) rabbit. And uh, yes, it was traumatic for me. And she would call me Brenda Gall. Oh, yeah. I, remember,
0: I remember once I, I said that and you weren't very happy because you don't have good memories of being called that. No, and
1: she did not last long.
0: <laughs> no, I can imagine. Didn't no. she um, burn the settee on no. the front?
1: No, that's another story. Oh, okay. oh that no, was your aunt, wasn't it? I'll tell you that if you want, but no, she was sacked because my mum came home to find that she was uh, putting damp vests on my brother. Oh dear, that's she, they dangerous. weren't properly dried, yeah. so uh, she was found another place.
0: Just as a funny family story, tell me the story about the sofa, because I love this story. Well, th-
1: <laughs> so you ha- I'd have to explain my, my, my dad. He, he was sort of known in the family as being a little bit fierce, yes. and uh, my two aunties, they weren't aunties, but they were paid help. My auntie Lena and my auntie Lizzie were frightened of my dad. <laughs> anyway, my, my real auntie, who was called Auntie Kathleen, came over, uh, she was my favourite mm. and uh, she was very forthright and uh, she came in and my dad seemingly had bought a new wool carpet and she noticed that the settee had been invaded by mm. moths. I don't know how she did it, but she got the settee out of our lounge and our garden was much higher than the house and she got it onto the lawn and set fire to it. <laughs> Aunt Lena and Auntie Lizzie got their hats and coats on and said, we're off. We're not going to be home when Bert arrives. So my dad arrives home and Kathleen greets him at the door with the story. She said, Bert, she said, you know, beautiful new carpet. You can't have ruined with these moths. His reply was, you've done just the right thing, <laughs> Kathleen. Everybody was amazed.
0: But what was, because life was so chaotic at that point, what was food like as a kid? Like, you know. What well, were you being cooked?
1: I thought this might come up. and uh, You re- tried to think. <laughs> I've realised that there's not too many memories of when I was sort of nine and under. Yeah. The, the, the big memory I have is my mum sending me to the shops because mm. she did like certain cakes. And she had a real fondness for things like almond tarts. Mm. Um, a savoy.
0: I don't know what a savoy is. Yeah. It's, a tart?
1: No, it's... Um, like it's like butterfly wings uh, that are sugary, and in the middle is cream and jam.
0: Oh, there's I know the biscuit savoy, so it's like a, a piece of pastry, and it's pink wings, kind of like marshmallowy. That's probably not the version she no, had. No, it was I've seen something. Yeah. yeah.
1: So and she absolutely loved vanilla slices. So <laughs> she obviously had a real sweet tooth.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, the only food that I know of Nana is all sweet. Yeah. You know, I've never heard you say, "Oh, Nana cooked this for us when we were little," or.
1: But when, I, when we moved, um, I, I have very, very strong memories of the food.
0: When you moved to Bradford?
1: Uh, when I moved to St Anne's. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I guess I was lucky because my mum my and dad had the money to mm. buy the best food. Yeah. So um, this is how I describe my mum when she became a single parent, that she lived life in this way. She wanted the best she couldn't have the best she would have (gasps) cheese on toast
0: yeah I would uh, (laughs) so my boyfriend likes to joke that I'm a bit of a snob (laughs) he thinks it's quite funny uh, especially around coffee and (laughs) chocolate and things like that and I don't think I've told him the stories about Nana because I know where I get that from you and then I get that from because of (laughs) of Nana and there's one story it's nothing to do with food it's to do with hotels, where uh, it tells the story about when... Because I think it's indi- indicative of, of Nana's level of quality. You know, she's a sophisticated oh, I know lady. What,
1: I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and just referring back to what you said about being busy, I, I really, I've really only got one memory of, of a holiday with Mama. Mm. And so we set off from St Anne's, and the idea was to go to the Yorkshire coast. No motorways, it's mm. a long drive. Anyway... By about three o'clock, she said, right, well, we must start looking for a BnB and every time we saw one, she'd look at it and she'd say, oh no, I can't stay there.
0: But what did you judge it on?
1: Curtains aren't clean. <laughs> <laughs> the lace curtains aren't clean. So we ended up uh, in red car. Uh, and I went to a school where there was borders and I had a friend whose mum had a pub come hotel. 12 o'clock at night, nowhere to stay. That's That's where we went. And they were full as well. So the uh, the mother said, well, I'll, I know somewhere I'll ring up for you. We ended up in the best hotel in Redcar <laughs> on the front, what, looking at the sea. Uh, my mum wasn't expecting to pay out quite so much money. But...
0: <laughs> I like it. She likes quality, but she doesn't pay for it. Yeah. Actually, that fits really well. Like thrift, but with standards. Um, I love the idea that you looked for a hotel for nine hours. <laughs> Looking at curtains. I mean, your brothers would have been too young to really remember that, probably, but um, it must have been a nightmare. Nine hours of driving around.
1: Yeah, I I can't actually remember that, but I do know it was Mm. certainly near midnight. But we had the funniest, funniest holiday. Yeah. And uh, the end of it was at a place called Thornick Bay, and somebody recommended uh, this restaurant And on the outside, it looked like a a Nissen hut. And as we walked in, we went, wow. It was completely done out Mm. in fabrics. And we had a five course meal. For us, we really were like at the Ritz. It was just amazing. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, Jumping forward slightly, um, so you ended up kind of, not taking over your dad's business, but you ended up running a bit of your dad's business. I did, When you were living in Sheffield. Is that uh, when you started? No. Okay, before then.
1: No, I started when I was in uh, Bradford with my mum. I was, I was 17. Yeah. And uh, my dad thought it was a good idea if I did a market, which was not too far away, mm. at Brig House. And that was, well, it was very, very helpful financially. I had to give up my job. I used to work in a department store five and a half days. Mm. So I had to give that up to be able to do the Saturday. And then I went, I started to work in an office. So.
0: But what were you selling on the market? What, the market? Roast ham. So it's just roast ham just roast
1: Roast ham, pork pies, roast pork, and roast uh, beef.
0: And this was things, uh, was it then you started roasting it yourself or was that later?
1: Well, this was later, um, years jump on, uh, it was then taken over by my mom and my, my brother. And then when I um, became divorced, I came back to Bradford mm. and I then picked it up again. But there came a point where my dad said he could no longer
0: supply. supply. Yeah.
1: And it was a bit of a low moment for me. I sat there thinking, what am I going to do? I have two children. Um, and I just thought, I can cook these myself. Mm. And I found the suppliers. I found a supplier for the pork pies. Uh, I think part of the meat was supplied, so I could put it in a freezer. Yeah. And life continued as it had before.
0: That's why, as kids, I remember having a freezer so big you could fit probably two people in it. (laughs) Yes, right. Um. So you, Nicola O'Neill, would have been not toddlers. Yeah, toddlers. I guess around that time, just a little bit older, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe six, four, something like that. And
0: the house basically always smelled of roast ham. Yes. That, that was the downside. Then. So that's probably the reason why um I still love coming home at Christmas because oftentimes I'll walk in and Dad is roasting his ham. It's ironic that Dad's doing it, not you. Um mm-hmm. it's probably one of the best parts of Christmas is that smell for me. He's not good that... Is had good directions. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know, jumping forward again slightly, um, you then had, you know, me and Simon after you met Dad. Um, and you would have, yeah, the, the four kids would have lived under the same roof for a while, for a few years, till uh, Nicola flew the coop a little bit. So what was it like cooking for four kids of different ages? Because, you know, um, Nicola and Neil are, you know, are over 10 years older than me and Simon. So that must have been very different palates.
1: Well, that, that's interesting because um, I obviously didn't realise I was having twins. <laughs> <And> <laughs> when did you I, find out? I found out um, in the April and then you were born in the May. Because obviously
0: um, your mom didn't know until the moment. No, she didn't. And then, what did, didn't she call? Um...
1: My father rang up my auntie <laughs> and he said, uh, Kathleen, uh, Jenny's fine and the boys. She said, what do you mean the boys? She, she said, she's had twins. Don't be so stupid, Bert. Ring back up <laughs> to Double the check. hospital and check. Oh yes. Certainly Mr. Wilson, you've got twin (laughs) boys.
0: And actually, um, uh, they ended up working in the business from a much longer time. They ended up taking over. dad's business And basically running uh, butchers for their whole lives. Yes, they did. Um, So yeah, what was it it like cooking for twins and teenagers? So I
1: found out I was having (laughs) twins and uh, Ian bought me this book. And so.
0: What was it? it? Cooking for twins. No, it
1: was all about having twins and everything to do with twins, no. psychology a lot, education, everything. Uh, but there was a part in it where, you know, maybe you wouldn't even be able to make the meal. So, well, cause you were
0: uh, too busy looking after twins. Yeah.
1: You know, so anyway, I did have you and I was totally organized for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt it was a big accomplishment that I could put the food on the table every night. Yeah. But, um, and, and I remember thinking, well, I, I cooked all the food for both of you as babies, mm. so you had proper food, yeah. not the jars of today, <laughs> though my daughter-in-law uh, is a dietitian and she is fabulous in the way she uh, has taught my first-grandson to, uh, to be weaned and, mm. yeah.
0: So... Um... I mean, one of the things I I've always said about um, our childhood, and I'm sure I'm not glamorizing it, but I'm sure I'm simplifying it slightly, is that I always remember until a certain age, at least, we always had dinner at the table, we always ate, ate as a family. I don't remember that with Neil and Nicola. I don't remember. I don't remember them being around for meals when we were younger. So I d- I don't remember how that worked. Because but Nicola
1: I, will have left. Nicola and...
0: would have, yeah. Nicola left when she was seventeen. Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Uh, to go and work, again, in hospitality. Yeah. Know, she went to hospitality college, ended up working in hotels. Um. But yeah, I, I remember Neil being there after he came back from university. But most of my memories of meals are the four of us. Um, and we always, to my mind, always around the table, always dinner together. Um. Maybe after Dad um, became self-employed, especially. But even when you uh, worked with computers, I remember, we always ate together. Mm. Um. Most of the meals I remember being cooked fully from scratch. You know, there was the odd you know, frozen mm-hmm. chicken thing or whatever. Um, Fish fingers? Yeah, yeah, obviously. But generally, I remember food being, you know, yes. home-cooked meals. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I remember, I always remember thinking about, um, even when I was a kid, thinking, oh, that's quite different because kids my age, you know, at school weren't having that. So why was it, as someone who was very busy, you know, four kids, own business, you know, husband who has a stressful long hours job, <laughs> Why was it important to you to cook from scratch? Is that just because of what you knew? Or? It,
1: that was just the way, the way life was. Um, the way, perhaps I was brought up. Yeah, my mum was a good cook. It wasn't cooking as I do now. Mm. It was much more plain, if you wish to put it that way. Sure, but it was really good food.
0: So, um, what I mean, <laughs> flooding back on me because you know it's all about me. No, um. What we mean, Simon, like his kids to feed, were we difficult? No. Which one no. of us was difficult? <laughs> <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> I can only remember one difference when they okay. Maybe two, uh, yeah, two. Where Simon hated peanut butter. and We always had a jar of that for Edward. Yeah, because I love peanut butter. And
0: yeah. Simon still doesn't really actually, like. Actually,
1: which no, one no. didn't like tuna?
0: Me. Him, yeah. Oh. Simon's definitely <laughs> the first one. So he's a pussy the fussy one, yeah. Definitely. One. Yeah. No, I, I remember, there's certain things that I remember. Like, um I was definitely that, well, to my memory anyway, slightly sensitive child. I banned the whole family from eating beef for a while. That's true. Because I was very scared of getting BSE. <laughs> and yes. then... Um, Not a fan of you at that stage, No. You? But um I remember the reason that we ended up starting eating beef again was all because of Dad. Because Dad took us to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> gave me a burger, um, but yeah, I, I remember things yeah. like I definitely was picky slightly because um, we used to have a stir fry after swimming every Monday. That was our regular thing, yeah. and I, I then eventually decided I didn't like um, bean sprouts, and then I didn't like yeah, something else, and so eventually our. Um... Oh,
1: that was chicken chow mein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it was. It was definitely much more of a kind of stir fry thing. But I remember there was elements that eventually... It was like, well, I like chicken. That's about all of of it I like. Um, Thanks
1: for telling me that. Now I know why I don't cook that anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do definitely remember that um, one of the things I've always credited with you, and I think I talked about this with someone else uh, on a previous episode, was that we were always encouraged to try something. That was kind of the key rule in the house, you know. If you say you don't like something, it's fine as long as you've actually tried it. Because you know what kids are like. I don't like it.
1: One of my... uh... Things that makes me smile is my granddaughter. <laughs> and whenever she came to visit, whenever she comes to visit, she's always in the kitchen with me. Mm. And so what are you making, Nana? It, it was I think it was might have been one of my birthday parties, but I said, I'm doing chili. I don't like chili, Nana. I said, Well, I have made another dish as well. We got sat down and I said, Well, you can just try a little. Mm. If you don't like it, just leave it. Within a week, she's ringing me from the supermarket saying, Nana, can I have the recipe? So I remind her of that quite a lot when yeah. she says she doesn't like something.
0: I, I generally think it is a really important way of teaching. And, um, I, oh, I was talking to... So Catherine Phipps, who was on a previous episode, um, she did something similar to her stepdaughter around... I think it might have been a fish where the stepdaughter just decided she didn't like it. she never tried it in her life before. Prawns, that was it. And... Um, she asked what it tastes like. She said, it's kind of like fish fingers that you love, but you know, it's a little bit different. So she tried it and she loved it. And I think, you know, that's the only way you, uh, the only way you actually learn to like things is by trying things. I do remember not liking um, mushrooms a lot when we were kids. Yeah. I remember, I don't know, I'm sure you did know this, but um, I also didn't like peas for a while. And so I would rush into the dining room before you got there and then throw them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, had oh, okay. Now, when you move that uh, sideboard, you might find them. <laughs> um, no, I definitely remember the, that was one of the big things that I think is the reason that I have such a love for food these days is we were encouraged to try a lot of different things. But also considering the, you know, I grew up partly in the 80s and the 90s and food was quite dull around that time, especially where we grew up. Um, none of my friends were eating anything interesting um but you know we were very lucky in that you took us to a lot of different places um in europe when we were kids you know we had holidays in uh france and you know you would uh, it was always camping it was never like you know crazy glamorous but you would take us to places all around europe we went to italy to spain and you know showed us food i think one of my favorite stories which we were talking about last night is how uh, you allowed someone to give us wine at six. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> six! <laughs> it's not very good parenting there, mother. Uh, no, I mean, it was amazing. I have this very strong memory of being in Saint-Emilion in, in France. And um, I think we're older, but we figured it out last night that we would have been about six years old. And um, two memories of that trip... Um, Simon's shaking his head, but we figured this out last night. It was six years old. the year before you went to middle school. Uh, apparently not. Um, anyway, we... Uh, there was two memories. First, we went to buy... We kept seeing these uh, very specifically shaped cakes. Um, and we had no idea what they were. They were all over Santa And so, um, eventually, you sent us into a shop to try and buy them and try and use French. And I'm sure there was a lot of pointing involved. I remember that in another holiday in Spain. We were up in the mountains. It might have even been Tenerife. It was Tenerife. And we were in this like uh, su- uh, service station, kind of road stop cafe, and you sent us in to order these donuts that were on the counter. And I went in and just pointed and went, dosa them please, <laughs> you know. Did you use one Spanish word? Um, but I'm sure there was a lot of pointing, but it turned out their Canelé, which are now one of my all-time favorite things, and Santa Milión ended up being a place that was quite important to me because we ended up going back there to shoot my patisserie book. Um, but the other memory I have is you had gone into a wine shop in Milon Saint-Emilion. and Santemillan is a wine town. It's a tiny, world heritage site. It's uh, vineyards all around the place. It's like a little medieval town. Um, and so we went into a wine shop, and they were you, you and Dad were doing a, a wine tasting, and the guy who owned the shop said, you know, oh, and what about the kids? Uh, and I don't know if it's because you know maybe you were drunk, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, but you said sure. So if your memory is right, and we were six. <laughs> <laughs> you let a French guy gave us wine, at six years old. Um but then I also remember that when we were in Italy when we were eight, um Dad gave me Perno <laughs> Which I know sounds really that bad was, and we that should was it. For our birthday. It doesn't matter. I mean like <laughs> we got... water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But um I, I remember Dad's um reasoning was um something along the lines of, you know, well in Italy people have alcohol from a young age. But um, I do think generally that you expose me and Simon, possibly, probably more than Neil and Nicola because of your situation at the time and mm-hmm. your life at the time. But I think we were exposed to other cultures and other foods mm-hmm. a lot, which is why I think I have a, a real interest in food from different places um, and a willingness to to try things. But was that something you just like doing? So it rubbed off on us. Or Was it something you wanted to try and expose us to different things from different areas
1: yes i mean ian Ian and i are very keen on travel Mm. and um i think travel broadens the mind as they say yeah so
0: i mean i i have found it amazing that since me and simon have moved away you two travel quite a lot and you have fallen in love with america so how do you find um food there because i mean Uh, One of the things I always find funny and amazing about our family is we only remember things through food. Hmm. So I was talking to friends about holidays we had as a kid. I'm like, well, this is where I had the fish with an eye in it and, you know, all the things. I I think uh, uh, a lot of us in our family remember occasions and places and travel through those dishes and the things that we ate um, because we get a lot of pleasure from food. So what have you discovered in America that you're big fans of? Because you do come back raving about food every time you come home.
1: Well, um, a lot of the time we're we're in uh, Boston and uh, New England is famous for its fish. Mm. So more often than not, if we eat out, it will be in a fish restaurant. Mm. And that is fabulous.
0: I think I remember one of the first times you went, you came back raving about um, uh, lobster rolls. You found a little shack in Boston and you... um, I think it was...
1: Well, it was actually up in Maine. Oh, it was in Maine. That was Yes, it. Yeah. in Maine.
0: And I, I think there was two things. One, how good they were and how cheap they were. The
1: <laughs> yeah, prices have gone up now. The dollar has gone down. But um, I, th- I think as, as a whole, um, America is one of these places where the food can be really quite bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, particularly if you go into a supermarket. Mm. But even if you go just maybe for lunch, I've got a British head and... If I see a chicken sandwich that says chicken salad, I'll order it. And I'm it's totally disappointed yeah. because it's covered in mayonnaise. Yeah.
0: Salad in America just means mixed yeah. with mayo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you have to keep remembering that. Yeah. Uh, and cheese, you have to really source cheese because mm. it's pretty much
0: hard to find good stuff. Mousetrap. <laughs> mousetrap. Yeah. Orange squeaky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or flexible burger yeah. cheese. Um, um, jumping forward again slightly to uh after me and Simon had left the university obviously I had come home and I've told this story many times about kind of drifting not knowing what I wanted to do and ended up working at a bank what did you think when I told you I'd applied for Bake Off what ran through your head
1: I thought also
0: did you think I'd get on <laughs>
1: thought when you told me oh, nice. you had a chance of winning <laughs> oh, cool. and that wasn't because I'm your mom it's because I tasted your food oh. you're your baking yeah yeah
0: so how did you uh how did you find the process because um it was especially when the show aired it was quite intense for a while um, I remember we had, I didn't actually like watching it in the first episode because I couldn't hear it because you invite so many people around to the house to watch it. Um, but I do have one memory of uh, memory. It was only seven years ago. Um, when I won, what did you start doing? What did you launch? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> to your friends? Oh, <laughs> oh that's
1: right. Yes, it was Christmas time and I thought, I think I'm going to make some food presents. Mm. And I had some labels made. Ed's mum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Made by Ed's mum. Yeah. I also, I'd found it very funny when um, you had bought a ton of my books for friends and things and you had some left over. So you got me to sign them all because you thought you'd sell them for a fortune on eBay (laughs) and none of them sold. (laughs) (laughs) I'd forgotten that. Yeah, to be fair, you, you put like seven of them on at eBay at the, same, at the same time, which is, you know, supply and demand, mother. <laughs> um, but yeah, how have you, I mean, uh, to me, one of the things that I've been most proud about from uh, my career and Bake Off, especially in the early days, was the fact that I took a bunch of Nana's recipes. And I've always had this thing where, um, you know, I have very vague memories of her, and I there's lots of stories in my head, obviously, about her. um. But I don't have an overriding memory really of her. It's a lot of stories that I've mixed in with, you know, brief memory. Um, So the thing that has made me quite proud is the fact that I, for the first book, I basically tried to find as many recipes from family as possible. And so that first book specifically is filled with recipes from lots of family. There's a cheesecake recipe that's from your cousin in Australia. And that came on a um, telegram? telegram, yeah, from Australia. And it's like, oh, by the way, Brenda, you will love this thing called a cheesecake. And that recipe is word for word, basically, um, that recipe from your cousin. And then the chocolate cake on the cover of that book, which is still one of my most made recipes, is in our family referred to as Canadian chocolate cake, because that's what you wrote the recipe down. And that story is brilliant because you went to Canada when you were 21, 1827 and you were given this recipe and then when did you make it
1: and you put it in the book edward
0: (laughs) when you were (laughs) what yeah Yeah. quite a few years later yeah quite a few and i love the fact that this recipe sat in your recipe box uh for decades never being touched i've often
1: wondered why and i think possibly could have been to do with expense because some of my yeah part of my life I didn't have a lot of money of course yeah but also one of the ingredients wasn't really commonly known and that's buttermilk
0: sure yeah. you didn't
1: go in the supermarket and see buttermilk mm. so I think that might have been the reason that's my excuse anyway
0: <laughs> but yeah I w- the thing that has made me proud is the fact that I have taken all of these family recipes so there's the Canadian one the Australian one but then the main chunk of family recipes in that book well, are from family are from Nana you know there's um. Her parking recipe, or what we what is in the book, is sticky gingerbread. Um, to her actual recipe that she calls parking, which I played with a lot. Um, but what happened after I published that book, Mum, with her parking recipe? Did I get a phone call from you to tell me I'd done something quite wrong? Yes, it
1: just wasn't quite correct. <laughs> <laughs> so the
0: the recipe is traditionally made with half wholemeal flour and half correct. plain flour. I forgot that, so made it all with plain flour, and I did get a phone call from you saying it's not quite. Right. I also had to change the book because I'd forgotten Nana was with two N's in the middle. So <laughs> thankfully, uh, you had had a look at the brief and made <laughs> me change it. Um, but yeah, it has made me incredibly proud to kind of honour the memory that the family has of Nana. Well, i have put those in there. I, I
1: have, uh, I, I think, one, one of my best memories of, of, of the things you've done. Um, is to do with something that I was used to every week. Mm. So my mum would make the pastry and oh, she yes. made the most delicious bilberry pie, except when you live in Lancashire, you call it Wimberry. Um, and she would make a baked egg custard pie. Mm. And the remaining pastry was rolled out and you filled it with um, currants, sugar. And the, if she was trying to please my dad, she put chopped mint into it as well. Huh, I didn't know that. And you fold it over and you roll it out again. It's a little bit like a chorley cake. What but in do you the, call it? But in the part of <laughs> Lancashire, it's very well known as sad cake. Yeah.
0: and It's a leftover thing. It's a, a, yeah. You know, it's a...
1: And so when it's baked, you just cut it, but you 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 butter it as well. Yeah. And it is absolutely delicious. And then Edward rang, you, you rang me, Edward, and said, how old do you think the recipe is? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know, I'll find out. And I read that... The workers in the mills took it in mm. for, their, for their lunch. And you were appearing on uh, Alan Titchmarsh's show yeah. as a promotion for Downton Abbey. So there you were, donned in your Edwardian garb, <laughs> um, uh, making this sad cake. And I just thought, ooh, this is the day I wish my mum was here.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, d- I've done a few things like that. Um, I remember I did a pop up bakery for Fortnum and Mason um about three years ago and um the menu was completely my choice and you know I, I could do what I wanted and they basically said what do you want to serve and I, I was very adamant that I wanted to serve Nana's gingerbread because I thought it would give you a kick but then also I thought you know if Nana was around it would have given her a kick to know that her you know humble you know uh, very kind of peasant dish gingerbread was being served to <laughs> the rich people of London and yeah. you know possibly the queen yeah <laughs> so there are times when I've wanted to kind of push those recipes because it means a lot to me yeah Um. and like I know I don't own it but um, I will one day the, um, the recipe yeah. Nana's recipe yeah. is you know something that I will forever keep very dear because it means a lot to me on many levels and I think it's the one dish that runs through our family in terms of story and meaning and yeah. all those things
1: you see I my my mum's uh, mum, my, my grandmother, I never knew. Mm. So a little bit like you, in the sense that I've heard all the stories, mm. and th- this isn't anything special in the sense that you know my grandmother was a baker because mm. I guess everybody baked because you couldn't go and buy like sure. bread. Um, and m- my mum was the youngest of eight children, and her and her sister Antino- my my Nora, did have the job of going down the street and pulling up all the sacks of flour and all the rest of it (laughs) and just in the last few years I made contact with a cousin of Mm. my mum's and it was wonderful to read that he said it was so wonderful to visit uh, my my grandmother because her Lancashire oven bottom muffins were (laughs) fabulous.
0: Which for any Americans is not a muffin it's a Bread roll, effectively. Yeah. Well, c- cold oven bottoms because they're literally cooked on the bottom That's of the right. oven, so they have that yeah. kind of brown base. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have to say, I, I used to think. I remember when I first started working in food, I didn't necessarily appreciate how actually food is something that has run through our family to quite a strong degree. You know, um, my sister worked in hotels. She went to study hospitality. Um, my brother Simon um, did. You know, a little bit of work experience in restaurants. <laughs> Two weeks in a Decided he hated it and didn't do it. Um, but you know, you worked in food. You worked actually for airlines in food for a small amount of time. Um, and I had a
1: short time in in um, running a little business.
0: Which little business?
1: You know, I did parties for people. Oh, or yes, you know, yeah, catering. I didn't last too long.
0: <laughs> but it is something that is there yeah. in the background of our family constantly.
1: But, but I've done a terrific amount uh, for my church. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I I remember remember growing up, there was always kind of... uh, You would always be the person running a bring and share or a potluck kind of thing. Or There was always food happening on quite a big scale in our house. It was always, you know... Even though you weren't catering, you kind of were.
1: I think the biggest thing I did was um, for a church group in Derbyshire, 200 young people Mm. were being fed by myself and a team from our church. And it snowed. (laughs) And I was cutting the... uh, I think it was beef and um, the vicar came up to me and he said, I think the road out's blocked and I thought, better cut the beef a little thinner, <laughs> <laughs> we may need this tomorrow.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I just generally think that food has always been something that our family seems to really uh, kind of connect around, but also it is there in the background, uh, everything. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you telling me the story about the food you had at your wedding and uh, about the wedding kit you had and um I remember um, every time we talk about holiday when I was a kid, we always use food as an anchor to trying to remember which holiday was which, um, and like we talk about when I think of Canada, we you know we have family in Canada, and me and Simon visited for the first time when we were eighteen, and I remember the soup and the focaccia on you know Victoria Island, you know I have these memories of food, and I think that's the same for most of uh, of our family. I remember growing up. Um, you know, my grandmother on the other side and grandpa would teach us how to make bread. You know, the smell of fresh bread always takes me back to that kitchen yeah, in Leeds yeah, yeah. because it's one of those things. I think maybe that, that that's partly me, but I think our family in general has that very strong connection to food. Um, You know, and I think I am I feel very lucky that we've had that growing up and that's part of our family is, is you know, food.
1: Yeah, I just love um, the idea of preparing food to give to somebody yeah. who uh, loves what I've made Completely, so yeah.
0: and I think I mean I'm very thankful <laughs> thankfully you've passed that on to me because that's why I do what I do so um yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> happy mother's day although oh, secret it's not mother's day today but um yeah no I think I'm you know I'm very proud of uh what I've done but it, that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you know the people before us so I think that's a lot to do with you um, a lot to do with Nana, even though I don't really know her, a lot to do with Grandma on Dad's side. And I think those influences as a kid have had a very strong effect on me. And, you know, I don't think I would be doing this job if it wasn't for how we grew up and how we had food. So I'm very thankful for that because I like my job a lot. <laughs> um, We're going to move on to our second section now, which is the shopping list. So... Um, because I'm slightly getting emotional. <laughs> uh, Going to quickly move on to the other one. So, um, this is meant to be a little bit fun. So, I've hopefully picked things that are difficult for you to answer. Um, so, you have to choose between the two. And I would like explanations from you because they are very specific to you. Um, so, just as a bit of background, you are born and bred Lancashire. But you did move to Bradford when you were 18. 18? 17? 16. 16. And you were married to a Yorkshireman. Uh, my dad, obviously. Um, so the first question is Yorkshire or Lancashire? <laughs>
1: I have to say I'm a very proud Lancastrian.
0: <laughs> you are, but then all your family's from Yorkshire. Mm, you do, chose to live in in Yorkshire. I so. do have so proud that you don't. I do
1: that. have a Lancashire granddaughter. You do have a Lancashire. I have granddaughter. a Lancashire son-in-law.
0: <laughs> you do. That's very true. Um, tea, specifically Earl Grey, or coffee, because those two play a big part in your daily life. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I'll, an with, I'll <laughs> go with with
0: Well, the thing I, one of the funny things I, I love about you is um, you have very specific likes. Um, I remember I, I, uh, basically you, you me and dad went to Paris a couple of years ago to, to watch our, my niece, your granddaughter, um, sing in the Notre Dame. And uh, we, I'd rented an Airbnb for us, and um, I'd got there a few hours before you, and you arrived and you started unpacking. You unpacked bolognese, <laughs> pasta. You brought your own milk, cereal, uh, washing up gloves. Like, I think you even, maybe you brought washing up liquid, tea towels. <laughs> like you arrived here yesterday, and you I brought told your own you milk. I was organised. <laughs> organised, but are very specific. I remember at one point, um, also the same trip. Um, Dad want, I think I wanted milk for tea or something, I can't remember um, and so dad decided to go out and try and buy some milk, he came back, I poured the milk in it was not milk, uh, it was yoghurt <laughs> um, anyway, um, this is going by my um, <laughs> um, another one that uh, I remember as a kid and this sounds really bad but it, it's something you enjoy and there's nothing wrong with that uh, red wine or gin <laughs> I do remember because this sounds really bad but it's not meant to be I remember making your gin and tonics when I was a teenager (laughs) just why I like them now that's all it is (laughs) I think you have to be gin (laughs) yeah that's fine Um, this one I think might be difficult because you made these a lot when we were kids Um, both of them and it was interesting because anyway ask the question first apple or rhubarb crumble
1: oh that's interesting Mm. my absolute favourite is rhubarb yeah But I could only make it if Neil wasn't around.
0: (laughs) So Neil is uh, my older brother. And, uh, you know, me and Simon might have had little picky things. Neil is the picky eater I know. Like, still, he's 40-odd. But we used to grow rhubarb in our garden. Um, It wasn't the nice kind of forced pink rhubarb. It was, like, seven centimetres thick, green, (laughs) stringy rhubarb. Uh, and as a kid, I was quite picky. But I did like it, but not to the degree that I like rhubarb now. But we could never have anything sharp when Neil was there. No gooseberries, no, uh, which also is something that you love. Um, but why did we get rid of the rhubarb, Mum? Why?
1: Well, that was Neil. He dug it up. <laughs>
0: but why did he? Like, didn't did he give you an so excuse? Much, he dug it up. Yeah, I think didn't he give you an excuse of like it's killing all the other plants? Possibly. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Mm. We have words, Neil. Um, hang on. So, uh, again, this is one I think would be quite difficult for you, but maybe not. Eccles' Cake or Parkin?
1: Oh. Because was... Eccles'
0: Cake are another memory that I have as a kid. Obviously, we lived in Yorkshire, um, but my sister Nicola had moved back to Lancashire to work. And so every time she would come visit us as kids, she would always bring a box of Eccles' Cakes. And I yeah. utterly loved them but then I know I would pick what I would pick, but I'm intrigued to know what you would
1: pick. Yeah, I, I would have to go for the Eccles Cakes.
0: You see, I, I would. love them, but I would definitely pick Parkin for other reasons, for, like, kind of family reasons. Um, these two places have become quite important to you um, recently. America or Canada? Now, oh. you have family in Canada, so what are you going to say?
1: <laughs> yes. Well... You know when you make a list in your mind mm-hmm. about your all-time favourite place mm. you've ever visited? Um, Switzerland and the Canadian Rockies yeah. are vying for a position in my yeah. mind. Okay. Um, but that's because I have a great love of mountains. Yeah. But equally, I've found some beautiful mountains in America.
0: Mm. So what are you are going to choose? Because <laughs> you haven't actually made a decision yet, <laughs>
1: So I'm, cho- I'm choosing it on what grounds?
0: Whatever, it's up to you. Right. I don't, I don't set the rules, ish. <laughs> it's tense.
1: <laughs> well, it must be America because okay. I've visited America so many times. You visit America yeah. a lot more than you visit Canada. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah.
0: Um, I have to say, personally, that trip we did to Canada when we were 18 is still, yeah. you know, 22, 23 years later, still the best trip not 22 years i'm not 40 (laughs) 12 years later um is still the most amazing trip we ever did um i remember when we were kids our family from canada visited for the first time we met them and um me and simon started begging you to take us to canada and it took 10 years probably for you to relent (laughs) save save the money no (laughs) example that too um but to be honest, I'm so glad we waited because I, I remember telling you this when we were there. We were, we'd were we been in Canada for maybe two or three days and we were up this mountain, like at the literal top of this mountain, surrounded by other mountains, you know, snow peaks, beautiful Canadian Rocky Mountains. And I remember saying to you um, that I was very glad you'd waited because I would not have appreciated this as like a 12 year old. Um, but that trip was just incredible. I loved Canada and I, you know dream I, of going back
1: I think I heard you say the word awesome and it impressed <laughs> I was a me it impressed me because you just had a trip with school to, to New Washington York. and New yeah. York yeah and I thought wow
0: it was, it was different yeah but there was something yeah. very inspiring about you know New York is amazing it's very but it's man, man-made and you go up a mountain yeah. and you see that kind of just uh so much beauty that's kind of unfathomable because it's it doesn't feel real almost. You know, you don't see these things in England like that all the time. Exactly. Yeah, so final question, possibly. Um, we do have a joke one, me or Simon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that one. Um, so this one is relating to Dad. So Dad cooks two dishes very regularly. Thai green curry or braised lentils and sausage. <laughs> I don't know which one you're going to pick, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh. Which one? Um, could be the braised. Oh, really? Okay. Could be. Okay, yeah. So I have awesome. to say,
0: every time we go home, it is quite nice because um, it is this thing. Of, I think it's Dad's way of uh, kind of saying welcome home, Tiger and curry. Yeah, perfect. Um, so we're gonna move on to our last section, uh, and this is this is Dad. I mean, I'm gonna ask you the same question, but it might work slightly differently. So it is our recycling bin. So it's something in food that you hate or a trend in food that you don't like or just an ingredient that you just wanna get rid of. Something that you really can't stand and you have to convince me, and if you convince me, I'll put it in the recycling and we get rid of it. It's basically room 101 for food.
1: Well, I'd have to go back to my school days. That's fine. Uh, When when I moved to St Anne's, I went to a a girl's school and uh, the school dinners were really good. (laughs) I I really enjoyed my school dinners, except for Fridays, I think it was Friday, and the pudding that day was semolina pudding, <laughs> and we had to eat it. Oh, torture! <laughs> An utter torture.
0: Was it the texture or the flavour? Yeah, the, uh, so both, the texture. Both. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, I think I can probably agree because a I've never had it, so I don't really care about it. And you're my mum, so I find that... <laughs> but the other thing so that know. might
1: c- come into that category, and this was an absolute favourite of my mum's. So when we moved to Yorkshire, we would often go back into Lancashire to visit people. Yeah. And on the way, she had to stop into Accrington Market. Mm. There was only one stall that she would go to to buy tripe. Oh. And she's tried her best to, to, to make me have a little try. And I just could never be brave enough. Mm.
0: I say, as as someone who works in food, I should be one of those people like, oh, I love offal, I love tripe, and, it, you know, don't you like it? But I can't stand tripe. I've tried I've tried it on quite a few occasions and just can't get on with it. And she had it raw
1: oh. with vinegar. <laughs> and she just knew exactly which one she, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Gross. Um, well, no, I'm very happily going to get rid of both of those, because they don't sound attractive to me at all, and obviously you're my mum, so I can't say no. Um, so, thank you for doing this, I know you weren't exactly convinced of doing it, but I'm very glad you did, um, I hope you listening, people listening, enjoyed that, um, if not, I don't really care, that's for me, um, but yeah, it was a slightly different episode, but, um... Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it and thank you. I was going to say, if you're you're, you're, right, because normally one of the things that I say is if you want to follow people on social media, but I don't think you necessarily want that. So um, I will simply say um, thank you for coming on the podcast and uh, yeah, thank you for everything. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks.